I'm Maike Slot, and you're listening to Do We Click, a monthly research podcast on the digital relationship between journalists and their audiences. Do We Click is supported by the Dutch Journalism Fund and the Erasmus Research Center for Media, Communication and Culture of the Erasmus University Rotterdam. This is episode three, in which I refine our understanding of the journalist-audience relationship by explaining the role of technology and share some interview observations. But first, let's imagine a world without the internet. I look at my phone lying on the table. A light is blinking. I know that someone has just left me a message. It must be important. The palms of my hands feel sweaty. A slight panic fills my stomach. Maybe my mom is trying to reach me because she just had an accident. Or my best friends want to invite me to a last minute pop-up festival. I try to resist the temptation of picking up my phone, but the light keeps blinking. It's calling out for me. What if my boyfriend wants to break up? I feel anxious, lost, concerned. After what seems like a very long time, I give in. This unplugged experiment is over. I reach for my phone and unlock it. The message that I was craving to see was the wrong number. Every year, I challenge my first-year students who take my course, Communication Technologies and Their Impacts, to spend 24 hours without the internet. Yes, no smartphone, WhatsApp, Instagram, Netflix or Spotify. Every year, when I announce the experiment, students look at me in horror. Most of them are 18, 19 years old, It's difficult for them to even imagine what to do if they can't be online 24-7. How to find their way around, how to entertain themselves when they get bored. Many fail the challenge, some even within 45 minutes. Still, it's a useful assignment because having no access to technologies is the best way for them to learn how much technology is integrated into everything they do. In journalism, it's no different. Technology plays a very important role. If you're a journalist, try to imagine what being unplugged would do with your work week. How complicated would it be to reach people for an interview, to send content to your colleagues, communicate with your audience? From a historical perspective, the profession of journalism has always been very closely connected to technological developments. Daily newspapers wouldn't have been possible without the printing press. The Telegraph made news production and distribution much faster. Photography added engaging visuals, Audio and video equipment launched broadcasting. Computers helped to professionalize and facilitate, and the internet opened up the market on a global scale. Although you can argue that telling stories is universal, and you can also do that without these technologies, I think we can all agree that technology is essential in the functioning of news organizations. And technology should therefore also be a factor in the way we define the journalist-audience relationship. In the previous episode, I defined the concept of relationship in my research as the way in which two or more people or groups regard and behave towards each other. By adding some academic insights, I came to the conclusion that a relationship materializes not only in what journalists and audiences do, but also in how they think about each other, their motivations and strategical context. 
a relevant insight. But the definition was still unfinished. In my eyes, it didn't do justice to the important role of technology in the relationship, which is what I will be tackling today. In my research, I define online technologies as all digital tools that can be utilized to gather and analyze data, create stories, and distribute or consume newsworthy information. This includes social media, software such as Google Analytics, but also email. In the context of Do We Click, the focus lies naturally on the tools that can be used to create a direct link with the audience. Academics have established that technology and journalism influence each other in various ways. One of these academics is John Pavlik, professor at the Rutgers School of Communication and Information in New Jersey. He states that there are four levels of influence. The first is the way journalists work. Although Pavlik looks at global developments such as the rise of citizen journalists, I will keep it more local and refer to what I have seen so far in news organizations in the Netherlands. An example of a development that stands out is that technology has made it way easier for journalists to make their own pictures and video without the immediate necessity of a camera crew or photographer. Many of the journalists I speak to do that. They are multimedia professionals. The second level of impact concerns the transformations in storytelling. Pavlik points at developments such as augmented reality, geolocation and interactivity. What I have observed in my research so far is that technology is not necessarily impacting the topic of the story, but the way that the story is told, selected or distributed. On social media, for example, news organizations select different stories than they would print in their newspaper or broadcast on television. They also play with headings and captions, length and the type of visuals that they use. Much of this, by the way, is based on audience metrics and what journalists know that their audiences click on. The third level of impact can be found in organizational, cultural or managerial transformations. Management structures using cloud computing and new forms of financing such as crowdfunding are mentioned as examples by public. In the reality of Dutch news organizations, I think it is more interesting to look at the transition to digital first, something many news organizations are still working on and which is impacting the way journalists cooperate with each other and their perception of content and deadlines. In some news organizations, digital first is already standard practice, while in other organizations, journalists still prefer their stories to be broadcast on TV or printed in a newspaper first, a cultural issue. The last level Pavlik mentions concerned the shifts that take place in the relationship between media and public. Pavlik calls this relationship vital and these shifts fundamental. Great support that the topic of my research project is relevant. Social media enable a redefinition of the audience in which the public has more to say than before. Not only do they have the tools to access information more easily, they can also create content themselves and they are more used to the idea that news finds them instead of the other way around. In an era of hyper-information, it is thus important for news organizations that audience members are engaged. News organizations and journalists are using technologies to make that happen, such as social media, audience engagement projects and co-creation initiatives. In the previous podcast, Tammy already showed two interesting examples of this by discussing the cases of mid-media and Perspective Daily. We can thus establish that technologies are important in journalism. 
but the four levels of public do not necessarily help us to grasp how they are important. As you probably understand, the levels overlap and influence each other. A changed audience-journalist relationship might inspire a culture change in an editorial department, which leads to new ways of storytelling, for example. It is therefore important to have a closer look at the interplay between technology, journalists and audience members. Two academics who might be able to help us here are Seth Lewis and Oscar Westland. Both are associate professors. Lewis works for the School of Journalism and Mass Communications at the University of Minnesota and Westland at the Department of Journalism, Media and Communication at the University of Göteborg in Sweden. Lewis and Westland explain that technologies have been somewhat overlooked in conceptualizations of the journalist-audience relationship. A lot of scholarly work is focused on the human component, such as role perceptions of journalists, audience motivations or professional norms. To solve this issue, the authors take a socio-technical perspective. Hang in there, it is getting theoretical again. I'll try to give as many practical examples as possible. A social-technical perspective is a specific way of looking at reality. This perspective underlines that people and technology interact with each other. On the one hand, technology is not neutral, but has specific affordances. Designers enable you to do certain things with their technology very easily while discouraging other ways of usage. On Facebook, for example, it is easy to give somebody a like, but quite difficult to delete your account. On the other hand, as a user, you don't have to use all affordances of a specific technology. You have some freedom in making your own choices. This is called agency. Some people never use their smartphones to make phone calls, right? Now, back to Lewis and Westland. To make sense of the specific role of technology, they introduce the four A's, the four most important elements that they say need to be taken into account in news work. Actors, actants, audiences, and activities. Actors are not only journalists, but also other people working on the supply side of the news, such as programmers, system designers, data analysts, and managers, software producers, and advertisers. All these people are usually more in the background of the news organization, but nonetheless can play an important role. Drawing upon actor network theory, Lewis and Westland identified a second A as actants. Actants are, and I quote, material objects that are notable for their association with human actors and the activities they undertake in conjunction with such objects. End of quote. Here, they simply mean the technologies that are used by the people, the actors in news production. More concretely, actants can be interfaces, algorithms or technologies like email, platforms such as Flipboard or programs, for instance, Chartbeat. It is very important to realize that the choice for or use of certain actants has organizational implications and other consequences that need to be taken into account. And actants can be either internal or external. Audiences are the third A. Audiences have very long been understood as rather passive masses consuming standardized content, but this idea has evolved over time. Audience members are still recipients of content, but also involved in active meaning-making of information and stories. 
By providing data, they have come to be seen as a commodity to advertisers and are taken into account by news organizations with the goal of better engaging them. And by sharing or rating or producing content, they can also actively participate in news production. Come to think of it, I actually wrote my dissertation on this topic. But that was a long time ago. Lewis and Westland underline that the audience has become increasingly important for news organizations. Finally, the last A are the activities. Activities are not just things that we do on a daily basis. In this context, activities are routinized practices in all stages of news production. You might understand by now that academics like to put things in boxes. So here, based on the work of Domingo and colleagues, Lewis and Westland divide journalistic practices into five stages. One, access and observation. Two, selection filtering. Three, processing editing. Four, distribution. And five, interpretation. All these A's are important when we analyze the journalist-audience relationship. To do this properly, Lewis and Westland propose a matrix in which they try to determine for each activity whether or not one of the three other A's is involved. They call it the cross-media newswork matrix. It is quite large and also somewhat abstract since the rows are filled with just yes or no. Let me give you an example of the practice of access and observation, explained as gaining access to and making observations of events and information by journalists as a daily routine in news production. Lewis and Westland indicate that on the actor's level, both journalists and technologists who work in news organizations play a part in it. Business people are less important in this stage. Programmers, for example, might help journalists to configure certain tools Actons to scrape information from the internet in data journalism projects. Other actons might also be of importance, such as um, social media platforms that serve as awareness systems for journalists. Audiences may also play a part here, especially in their role as active participants in news production. Think, for example, of people sending pictures to a news site when they see a big fire in their neighborhood. Other practices will inspire a different involvement of actors, actants, and audiences, and this involvement will probably also change over time. While the work of Lewis and Westland is insightful and provides the basis for a research agenda, is it also a workable model for Do We Click? How can we use this matrix in our further understanding and definition of the journalist-audience relationship? Well, first of all, it is important to realize that both people and technology need to be taken into account and that the relationship between journalists and audiences can take place in the whole range of activities involved in news production. But where in this model do the perceptions fit? The way that journalists and audiences think about each other, their expectations and motivations? This is a difficult question. Just adding perceptions to the matrix would probably make it too complicated. Should we then also include the perceptions actors and audiences have about the actants? Let's try to do it the other way around and include the work of Lewis and Westland in the definition that I began to develop in the previous episode. The way in which two or more people or groups regard and behave towards each other. Maybe the insights will help us to refine the definition. Let's give it a try. The way in which actors and audiences regard and behave towards each other mediated by actants in the context of all activities linked to news production.
or in other words, the way in which journalists and audiences regard and behave towards each other, mediated by technologies in the context of all stages of news production. This seems like a step in the right direction. One way to see if a definition is workable is to compare it to reality. The past weeks I've been traveling the Netherlands to speak to journalists about the relationship they have with their audiences. I try to interview a group as diverse as possible, but to limit myself, I do focus on national or regional news media. So far, my journey has brought me to Amsterdam, Rotterdam, The Hague, Vlissingen, Hoofddorp, Rhenen, Hilversum, Breda, Tilburg, Barneveld, Assen and Leeuwarden, amongst others. In total, I'll conduct 40 interviews, which means I am well over half of them. In all the places I visited, I have been warmly welcomed. I thoroughly enjoyed the talks I had and they have already provided me with great insights. Although it's still too early to give you the results yet, for that I need to conduct a systematic content analysis of all interviews, I will give you two preliminary observations in this podcast. One thing that all journalists I speak to have in common, besides being curious and interested in the news, is that they all would probably fail the 24 hours unplugged assignment that I gave to my students. At least in their jobs, online technologies seem indispensable. They are integrated in all aspects of their daily work practices. What stands out is that many of them are not just traditional journalists in the sense that they specialize in one medium, such as writing for a newspaper or making radio or television. They do it all. In addition to writing articles, they make pictures, create their own videos, record podcasts and do live Q&As on Facebook. They tweet, reply to emails and keep track of social media channels. Instead of having one concrete deadline a day, Many news organizations have adopted a digital-first strategy. This means that the deadline is always now. News never stops. And for many journalists, it is extremely difficult to unplug and withdraw from this constant stream of information and communication. This links to a second observation. I ask all journalists to finish the following sentence. Technology makes the relationship that I have with my audience they are allowed to use multiple words for that. I will make a tackle out of these words later on in my project once I have finished all interviews. But what is most interesting to me so far is that many journalists indicate the dual character of technologies. On the one hand, technologies bring their audiences closer. It is so much easier to interact with them. It is also easier to find people, for example, for an eyewitness report or an interview. It makes working as a journalist more interesting and content sometimes better. But on the other hand, technology also makes their jobs more challenging. The work pressure is one feature of that. Another demanding aspect is learning how to relate to an audience that is speaking out more, both positively and negatively. The general idea is that opening up as a news organization is a positive thing in terms of transparency, engagement, and trust. But it also has consequences. I think we should discuss that in one of the next podcasts in more detail. Let's close off with some final remarks. On the 20th of February, I presented my research project in a lava meetup on interactive storytelling in Amsterdam. It was an interesting gathering, primarily visited by young designers. After my talk, Winnie de Jong took the stage, 
Winnie is a data journalist at the NOS, the Dutch public broadcaster, and she told us about her quest to make unknown unknowns, known knowns, by analyzing data and turning them into stories. To be able to analyze data, she creates her own programs. In that sense, she is a journalist and a programmer combined, making her role as an actor, in the definition of Lewis and Westland, multidimensional. Data journalism is not a new development, but the better technologies get, the better data journalists can do their jobs. What I particularly remember from her talk is that she explains how, at the end of the day, the story itself is more important than the data. Technologies are helpful and knowing how to use them and analyze data is great. But the work of a data journalist always remains somewhat in the background. And Winnie is okay with that, because she knows that storytelling is the most important way to engage an audience. Speaking of engagement, after my talk, somebody from the Meetup audience asked me an interesting question. Why should journalists be concerned with audience engagement in the first place? Shouldn't they just report the news in an objective way? I can come up with an answer to this question, but I'm curious about your ideas on this. Let me know what you think. Contact me by email or add me on LinkedIn. And if you think this podcast is interesting for others, don't hesitate to share. That was it for now. Next time, I'll tell you more. Will you click again? Dewey Click is supported by the Dutch Journalism Fund and the Erasmus Research Center for Media, Communication and Culture of the Erasmus University, Rotterdam.